0: Let's go ahead and turn to James chapter 3 and uh, continue our study there, James chapter 3, and uh, we'll read verses 13 through 18, verses 13 through 18 of James chapter 3, James chapter 3. Look there. So James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18, say this in the Word of God, James 3, 13, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. James 3, verses 13 through 18. Let's pray again. Father, again, Lord, we just uh, thank you for being uh, good. And Lord, I'm glad that we can stand upon the solid rock tonight. Lord, that our rock is not as their rock. Man, our rock is the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, I'm glad we're between a rock and a hard place. Lord, we can remember Jesus as the rock and know that everything's going to be all right. We can lean on you and trust in you and abide in you. Lord, I pray uh, you'd help each one tonight. Lord, we think of these needs that have been mentioned. Lord, we think of Brother uh, McLean tonight. And uh, Lord, you just uh, touch him. Uh, Lord, please uh, give guidance there. And Lord, if you'd uh, work a miracle On that, that should be a blessing. Lord, we thank of the McLean family as well with the passing of uh, the mother in law. Lord, please uh, be with uh, uh, that uh, sister and Lord, the family there and give them grace. Uh, Lord, we thank of Sister Allison tonight. Lord, a good hand upon her. Lord, we thank of uh, Brother Wood's uh, father and brother. Lord, uh, please uh, work in those hearts concerning salvation. And Lord, we just want to see them uh, turn to you. Their lives transformed through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, Lord, no doubt there's uh, other needs, other burdens tonight, God, whether physical, spiritual, uh, Lord, uh, financial. Uh, Dear God, help our young people in school, help them with their jobs. Well, we think of our Brother Joseph and, uh, Lord, his responsibilities there. Just give him guidance and directions about the, what he, he needs to do. Well, we think of David tonight as he's working. We think of Sister Karen. Uh, Lord, as uh, she's uh, traveling, Lord, uh, please just be with each one. And again, our missionaries. Now, Lord, as we look at this portion of Scripture tonight, again, uh, help us to learn, help us to grow. Uh, Dear God, and Lord, be what you'd have us to be to thy honor and glory. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. So as we uh, look at this portion of James, of course, the book... Uh, uh, of James is filled with truth about uh, the source of wisdom. Uh, Chapter one mentions wisdom and the availability of wisdom, of course, is God. He says, hey, if any man lack, let him ask. Amen. And so uh, wisdom for life comes from God and his desire for us is to to impart to us all that is necessary. Lord wants us to live a victorious Christian life. Amen. And he's made what it takes to do that available to us. You know, a lot of times we think about free salvation, but it says there at the end of, was it Romans 8, where he says, "How shall chance freely give thee, amen, all things. So, hey, uh, uh, he wants to give us what we need. So, but if you, uh, of course, if you, you look uh, to the world, as it says in these verses for wisdom, you're just going to find that which is, uh, uh, you know, earthly and sensual and uh, devilish. And, of course, we'll uh, mentions that here. These verses show that there's different kinds of wisdom. And so uh, we need to make sure that we're drawing from the right kind of wisdom. And, of course, the only place you can find the wisdom is that is from above, right? You want the wisdom that comes from above? Well, the best thing to do is go to the one that came from above. Amen? Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 2, 3. I like this verse talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 2, 3 says this. In whom, talking about Jesus Christ, are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Amen. So uh, you want a good school to go to? Go to University Jesus. Amen. (laughs) And uh, that's where uh, the wisdom and knowledge is uh, that you need. And so uh, let's uh, look at these verses again together. Again, uh, verse 13, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Well, that's a great question, isn't it? Who? Who? Well, I'd like to be able to say, when that question, me, me, I want to I wanna be one of those that is endued with knowledge. Amen. With a, a, I want to be a wise man as a Christian and endued with the knowledge. And uh, again, it says, who, who, is, who is wise? You know, a lot of times when we uh, challenge our children, right, to grow and uh, be smart, we say you need to get a good education. But when it comes to wisdom, it's more than about just education and intelligence, right? Uh, those do not equate wisdom we can see that by looking at our higher institutions and institutions of government that you know most of the people in congress are what lawyers and so we can see that education and intelligence doesn't equate wisdom because we don't see a lot of wise decisions coming out of those uh, institutions and i would say they uh, i would say they have wisdom but i would say most of their wisdom is earthly, sensual, and devilish, because we see the results of that. But notice that word, endued. That means to thoroughly understand, sort of to be an, an expert, uh, if you will, to be filled with something, right? Who is wise, man, and, in, and endued with knowledge. Of course, it's talking about that proper knowledge. God wants us to be endued, right? He wants us to have a, a thorough understanding. God wants us to be an expert, right, on this book, Right. That's why he challenges us. In Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. But what? Rightly dividing. We're rightly dividing. Well, to rightly divide something, you've got to have good knowledge and uh, spiritual knowledge and spiritual wisdom. So God wants us to be endued with knowledge and understanding and wisdom. We see a good example of that in the Old Testament. If you want some good uh, verses to Mark, Exodus 31, verses 2 and 3, say this, Exodus 31, verses 2 and 3. Remember uh, when they're uh, doing the tabernacle and doing all those things, you know, God just gave that knowledge to people. God's the giver uh, uh, of, uh, of knowledge. It says this again in Exodus 31, 2 and 3 says, he says to them, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri." the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. And it says this in verse 3 of Exodus 31. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God. I have filled him with the Spirit of God. And then notice what it says. In wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. So notice that. I filled him with the Spirit of God. And what was the result of that? Wisdom, understanding. And knowledge for what? For the task God had given this man a task. He gave several people tasks, right, to make uh, the things for the tabernacle. And what did he do? He imparted unto them what they needed to accomplish the task. Well, we all know that God gave us a task, and so God wants to impart to us the wisdom, the understanding. And the knowledge uh, uh, for us that we can be faithful in all manner of workmanship, right uh, that he has called us to do. So what he's done for this man uh, right? He wants to do he wants to do for us. So that's a, that's a good thought,. So, and remember that when you see God do something for somebody in the Bible, you need to write your name there and say, Lord, you did it for him for what he, you wanted him to do. Lord do that for me for what you want me to do. Lord, fill me with Your Spirit. I want that wisdom. I want that knowledge. I want that that understanding. I want to be endued with it. Amen? I want to be an an, an expert in the things You've called me uh, to do. So the other half of that verse of James 3.13 says this, And then, right, uh, whoever that man is that's endued with uh, wisdom and knowledge, let him show, right? Let it be evident out of a good conversation. And again, we know that means lifestyle. His works with meekness of wisdom, right? James talks a lot about those proper works, right? Again, works don't get you there. They're just evidence you've been there. So remember that, right? Works don't get you there. They're evidence you've been there. And so if a person has that spiritual wisdom and spiritual knowledge and spiritual understanding, well, there ought to be an evidence, right? that he has received those things from God. So it says, let him show it out of a lifestyle. That word meekness, of course, means strength under control. And so we want to have the strength and power of God, but we want to have it under his his control. A man who has spiritual wisdom, spiritual understanding, and good knowledge of the things of God, it should, again, be evident in his life by the decisions he makes about life. So let him show out. It says, notice that. Notice how that's worded. Let him show out. Well, if it's in there, it'll come out. Amen. It'll show out. So it makes sure. So if it's in there, it'll come out so you can show it uh, in your life. So go into verse 14. But if you have bitter. Now, remember, he's talking to believers here. He's talking to believers. If you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts. Glory, lie, glory not and lie not against the truth. Well, that's, that's a sad thing for a believer to, ha- to ha- have any type of bitterness, to have envy, any type of uh, <coughs> envying and strife. And, and I, I've certainly seen that. Again, I, I told you I, I've seen it among uh, 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 missionaries. I've seen it, uh, seen it among uh, uh, believers. And boy, what a difference it makes when it's not there. You know, hey, uh, listen, again, uh, when I was on the mission field, I never felt like I was in competition with another uh, a missionary. And as believers, we shouldn't feel like we're in, in competition with uh, uh, any other uh, believer. Again, uh, I emphasize again, we're not here to compete. We're here to complete. You know, the world says, oh, you got to get your portion of pie. I said, "Well, you know what? I stopped trying to get my piece of pie because, you know what, I realized that in God's economy, it's a pie factory. There's always another pie. Amen. So, hey, if that guy wants that pie, let him have it. Amen. God will make another one just for you. So don't don't get caught up. Amen. and thinking you have to get your piece of pie. Besides, I don't want just a piece of pie. I want the whole pie. I mean, if I'm just being honest. Right. Right. I mean, I share when I have to. But hey, if I can have my own pie, hey, if I can have uh, uh, whatever God wants me to do. I mean, I want, the, I want the whole thing. So, uh, how many people, how it's sad, even believers, walk around with bitterness and strife in their heart? And, of course, there's no uh, excuse. Even if, you know, after you get saved, you might have got saved with that, but God will help you with that. Just like uh, He did me, just like He's helped others. That's, those aren't the types of things that should be in the heart of a believer or a person that's trusting God. Because it says, when you do, notice that statement, how, how it ends. Lie not against what? The truth. The truth. You see, God has something. Everything that happens, God has something that He runs it by. God has something that He compares it to. Everything is measured by the truth, right? God has a standard. He measures everything by the truth, God's truth. So you either line up with truth or you're against truth. You either choose to line up with God's truth or or you're against the truth. Listen, you may not lie with your lips, but what is in your heart? (laughs) <laughs> may, may be a lie, right? You may, you may come across as a believer, oh, man, that, that's, that person just seems to have this and be all that. But inside, you could be harboring something. So you may say, well, I wouldn't lie with a lip. Maybe a lot of people aren't lying with their lips, but in their heart, if they're holding on to things, if they have something against someone and they're holding on to bitterness for a uh, reason, or they, they have strife with people uh, uh, in their hearts, Right? Well, uh, that doesn't go along with what God teaches us and how we should be as believers. And the Bible says something about that. It goes on to say in verse 15, this wisdom, right? The kind that produces envy, strife, and, and, and makes you want to have something in your heart against somebody. This wisdom descendeth not from above. But listen, it's earthly. It's sensual. It's devilish. See, so we're either, we're either drawing from... Uh, this wisdom or that wisdom, the Bible, either the, wi- the wisdom that if you want to say descends from above or ascends from below. <laughs> they both have a source. Right. One has a good source. Right. It comes from God. The other one has a bad source. It's devilish. And that's who it comes from. That word earthly means what the earth or those in the earth come up with. Hey, this world has a wisdom. There is a worldly uh, a wisdom. Sensual that what the natural what the natural desires come from right right our own uh, lust and desires they have they have a way of thinking they have a way of reasoning they have a way of trying to figure out uh, what, the, what it wants in life. And then, of course, devilish, which is what Satan's influence comes up with. So you have what the world comes up with. You have what the, the, the desires of your own carnal heart come up with. And then you have what the devil's going to try and come up with for you. And you need to be aware of those different sources of wisdom. And, of course, it says they produce bitterness, envy, and strife. Right? for where, verse 16, for where envy and strife is. Look, there's confusion and every evil work. And God li- and the devil likes to cause confusion. We know that God's not the author of confusion. The devil likes to cause confusion because when there's confusion, it stops the mission from getting accomplished, right? You, you, you get some soldiers together and they're all confused about what's going on. Well, what? The mission doesn't move forward. The mission isn't accomplished. So he wants to cause confusion among uh, uh, believers. So those things produce bitterness, envy, and strife. And the devil likes to see that in the lives of believers. If it's devilish, it is against God and what God has for our lives. And so, hey, uh, there's uh, there's believers can get caught up in that. Or if they're not believers, there's peoples that slip into the church that'll do that. Paul had to deal with those type of people. Philippians 1 Verses 15 through 17, notice what Paul says. Some indeed preach Christ. He says, hey, there's a people out there preaching Christ. You see, that's good. Well, is it? Look at what he says of envy and strife. Oh, they're preaching Jesus, but they're preaching it of envy and strife. But hey, some of goodwill. So you have some that are they're that preaching Christ, but they're preaching it out of that. The, the wrong wisdom. Right. And then some with the right. The one preached Christ of contention. See, that strife, that confusion, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds. So, hey, just because somebody's preaching Jesus or just because somebody walks in the door and say they love Jesus. Well, you said it. Well, let's see the evidence of it. Amen. Let's see. Let them talk a little bit more. People come up just because some people, somebody walks out to me. And says, oh, I love Jesus and I'm this and that. I said, well, that's good. Let me let me hear you say some more and uh, see what the source of that is. Amen. Is is the source of that really uh, about God or is it really about you and uh, promoting self or something else? So let me give you those verses again. Philippians 1, 15 through 17. So some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife. And so you can find those people in the ministry, if you will. And some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds. But the other. Of love, knowing that i set for the defense of the gospel. So again, how do you know which? How do you know their source of wisdom or the, the the source that they're drawing from and what it is they're trying to do? Well, by the results, right? By the evidence that you see. Does it cause contention and confusion, or amen? Does it benefit uh, the people and lift up the Lord? So these verses show both types of wisdom, because a if if the devil can't mess you up with the wrong doctrine because i've seen this if he can't mess you up with the wrong doctrine you know what he'll try to mess you up with the wrong spirit i've seen that hey i know a lot of people right i know a lot of preachers boy they've got the right doctrine but boy they sure have the wrong spirit you know I, and uh, I've seen a lot of Christians, oh, man, boy, they got their doctrine figured out. No oh boy, you, listen, you ask them their doctrine, they've got it down, but yet... They mess it up because they have the wrong spirit in which they deal with other people or they deal with uh, 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 the things, the things of God. So listen, I want to have the right doctrine and I want to have the right spirit in which I uh, 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 promote (laughs) that doctrine or or, or get those get those teachings out. We want to we want to have both because Jesus, right? He had both. Jesus had the right teaching and he always had the right teaching and he always had the right spirit because again if not it causes confusion and every evil work and of course we know that is not from God that is not from God so uh, let's uh, focus in on verse 17 where it talks about what you, the results of the right kind of wisdom the wisdom that comes from God but the wisdom that is from above and comes from him which came from above the Lord Jesus Christ notice uh, what it says here is first pure is first pure. So, the wisdom that is from above is pure, first pure, right? Purity must always lead the way, right? Above all else, God is holy. God is pure. And so, if He's, if he, if he's, if he's part of something, the first requirement He's going to have is that it's pure, that it's holy, that it's righteous, and that everything else is going to flow from that standard, Everything else is going to flow from that standard. So that's why I believe pure is, is here first. Compare this with Christ's teaching in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the what? Pure in heart. Right. That's what he wants us to have. Our first aim as Christians should be to be pure, pure and cleansed of sin. He said. He challenges us, right? Be holy, for I am holy. So we want to be pure, and in everything we do, we want to have a pure motive. We read there in Philippians what Paul said. Hey, people preach Christ, but they didn't do it with a pure motive. But thank God for those that did do it with a pure motive, right? And uh, uh, so the Lord got the glory. So it says first, right? Uh, this uh, is first, first pure, then what? Peaceable, peaceable. Thank God, uh, thank God for that. Peaceable. Once you have God's peace in your heart, you can go forth in a spirit of peace. But the wisdom is from the above is peaceable. We're not called to be peace keepers. But peacemakers, right? <laughs> We're not there to try to uh, uh, in the midst of confusion try to to maintain. But we want to peacemakers. We want to we want to help people make peace with God, and we want people to have the peace of God, and we want to have that. And so uh, the wisdom that comes from above, when you know that the, the decisions you're making are based upon truth, the decisions you may are making are, are are being led by God, well you can you can have peace and you can spread peace. Again, the Beatitudes. Matthew five, nine says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called uh, the children of God. And so when you have that, that, that wisdom from above, listen, when you know, when you know your, 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 your motives are right, your motives are pure, when you know that you're making right decisions, when you know that your interactions with people are, are with pure motives, man, <laughs> that brings peace. Isn't it nice to be able to lay down here to say, say today, to the best of my ability, I tried to live for the Lord to the best of my ability. The decisions I made were to benefit uh, 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 me and to bring glory to God. Amen. Boy, nothing to be able to, better than being able to lay down and knowing that you made right decisions and God gives that peace. And then gentle. Focus on this a little bit. But the wisdom that is from above is gentle. Amen. Listen, Jesus is gentle. <laughs> right? Now, hey, uh, he, can be a, he, he can be the lion of the tribe of Judah when he needs to be, but, you know, he's, a, he's the lamb of God. A lamb is gentle, but the wisdom from above is gentle. When Paul was writing to the Christians, right, and people that are led by God will be gentle. That's why Paul could say this in 1 Thessalonians 2.7, when he talked about how he conducted himself when he was in Thessalonica, it says this, but we were gentle among you, even as a nurse that cherishes her children. Boy, people, uh, uh, people that are, are walking with God and have a right spirit, they're going to have a gentleness with it. Now, now uh, they, they, they can be strong and they can be bold, right, when they're standing for what's right. But for the most part, they're going to have a, 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 a gentle. And every little thing uh, isn't going to get them uh, uh, all roughed up. Gentle like Christ. I like what it says about Jesus here in Isaiah 40, verse 11. It says this about Jesus. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms. I mean, you just, if you just picture this, me, just uh, anybody here ever, ever watch a shepherd. Uh, I always enjoyed watching the shepherds over in Europe. I love watching shepherds. He shall gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with young. Man, our our God's a a gentle God. He has all the power, just like like, like we uh, read the other day. Boy, he can shake the heavens. He can shake the earth. He can shake the stars. But yet, he can be gentle as just a precious little lamb. And boy, he's certainly been gentle with us. Boy, we certainly, like the one verse says, he hasn't dealt with us according to our iniquities. Amen? He's certainly been uh, gentle with us. And 2 Timothy 2.24 is this. It says this about the servant of the Lord, which is... You know, of course, he's talking to a preacher here, but this also includes we're all servants. of The Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. Well, when I see a, when I when, when I see a, a, a preacher that always has to push to have his way or or a believer who always has to push to have his way, I'm saying, hey, I don't, uh, he doesn't have the right spirit there. His wisdom isn't coming from the right source. Amen. But someone who's 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 really uh, desires for the Lord and for those that he's ministering to, he'll be gentle. He'll be gentle. And then notice what else it goes on to say there. And and from gentle, it goes on to say this. And I really like this statement. It's probably one of my favorite statements it says, and easy to be entreated, easy to be entreated. You know, one thing about Jesus one thing about Jesus, when he walked the earth, you know what? He was approachable. Jesus was always approachable. And so, uh, you know, a lot of times I, 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 uh, I, uh, I, I like watching people. And uh, I, again, uh, not to pick on, on preachers, but uh, to, I like I always try to pay attention how approachable, you know, because how approachable a believer is tells me a lot about them. How approachable a believer is tells me a lot. Unfortunately, I've seen people in the ministry that weren't that approachable. One thing, I don't know why this was just something I always did. Even when I was a young believer, you know, I'd go to, you know, some big meeting where, you know, where all the, you know, the big guns were there. As they, as they say, they all look the same size to me. I don't, I don't know what all, but anyways, uh, but anyways, I'd go there. You know what I'd watch? I'd watch? I'd watch the men once they came down from the pulpit. And I'd say, which, I'd watch which ones stood around and talked to people. And then I'd watch the ones that sort of went back to that, you know, special room that was for the big, you know, preachers. And, you know, and, and then how they responded when you, you tried to go up and talk to them. And you know what? If they were if they weren't approachable, then really nothing else they said or did meant anything to me. Maybe I was wrong, but that's just the way I took it. I said, I said, if they're not approachable, because Jesus is always approachable. He's still, aren't you glad that Jesus is still approachable? Aren't you glad that 24 7, you can still get? I'm glad I have a God is powerful in all that he is, that he is approachable, 24 7. And when he walked the earth, he was always approachable. So when 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 I, I when I look at, you know. Men of God, Or when I look at believers, I always try. When I watch people, I try to see how approachable they are. And also, if people want to approach them, <laughs> you know? I want to see how approachable they are. Then I want to see if people want to uh, approach them. Christians should be approachable. Christ said this about children. But Jesus said, Matthew 19, 14, suffer the little children and forbid them not to come unto me. For of such is the kingdom God. Of heaven. You see, Jesus wanted to be approachable even to the children. And, uh, you know, I, a lot of times when I watch uh, families, I see how approachable, how, how quick the kids are to run up to mom or dad. That tells me a lot. You know, uh, if they enjoy being around mom and dad or they're quick, right, to run up. That, that says how approachable people are because Christ was always approachable. And as we walk with God, we want people we're out there trying to reach the world. So listen, uh, when you're on the job, even if you're a supervisor, you have to do your job. Hey, when, when I when I when I was in the the, the the military I tried to do my job but yet when I was a believer I wanted uh, those soldiers right to know that we're doing that, that I was always approachable to talk about it now I had to learn that I, let me tell you I didn't I, I had to learn that I was telling somebody the other day uh, uh, I was kind of, you know, we got to remember when I got saved, I was kind of rough and I was a crazy infantryman. And uh, I remember, I don't know how long I'd been saved, but we were out in the field one time and I was uh, in my, uh, uh, oh, car. I can't remember. I was was in my sleeping bag, but it was on a uh, cot. That's what I'm thinking of, right? So I was in my cot, in my sleeping bag, it was in the morning, and a soldier came by and he shook my sleeping bag and I did not like to be touched in the morning. I ju- this is a true story. I jumped out of my sleep bag. I outranked this guy, and I, I said, come here, soldier. I said, let me tell you something. And I said, don't you ever touch me or talk to me before you see me read my Bible and pray. You understand, soldier? Okay. I blew it. But, you know, I was a new Christian. I mean, I, was, you know, I had to, I had to work, work from being a, you know, a uh, crazy image showed to being a Christian soldier, but that, uh, that's, that's, that's a true story. I don't know if I don't know if he found me very approachable that day, but uh, but you know the Lord worked on me. The Lord worked on me, right? And so, but you know we have to learn. But listen, let, let us be approachable. So whether a pastor, a deacon, a Sunday school teacher, or just a member, if children, young people, or even fellow believers. Don't feel you are approachable. That should make you do a self-evaluation. You should feel, people should feel, we want everybody to feel, we want all the children here that every adult is approachable. We want them to feel that every Sunday school teacher is approachable. Every Deacon is approachable. And I hope they feel that uh, uh, I'm approachable. I really love that thought of people. Amen. We want them to know and uh, that everyone is approachable. I think about uh, a lady in our church uh, in in Germany, boy. When we first met her, she was not approachable. I mean, kids would come up to her and ask her questions. I mean, she about ripped their ripped their head off. True story. I mean, she was. I mean, I mean her, her I mean, her sons were like huge, but believe me, Mama snapped. They were there. I mean, I was even never surrounded almost, you know, but uh, but you know what? God got a hold of her heart. God got a hold of her heart. I don't want to have time to tell the whole story, but she came in one day and everybody just noticed a difference and she got up and gave a testimony of how God got a hold of her heart and it was amazing how much she she changed. There was there was almost nothing that that woman wouldn't do uh, for my wife. And as a matter of fact, when my uh, daughter Tasha got married, she was the uh, wedding planner, right? She was the wedding planner for Tasha's uh, wedding. So I, I've seen the Lord... Uh, uh, A change, uh, change, change. And she just became she just became a big uh, blessing. But, uh, you know, the Lord uh, did a difference, just like he had to do in my heart when I first got saved, you know, how to deal with those soldiers when they shook my sleeping bag in the morning. But it says there he was he was easy to be entreated. May the Lord help us all. Amen. To have a heart that people know that we're approachable. And then it goes on to say in verse 17 full. Notice that. Notice it says all these other things, but when it comes to mercy, it says full of mercy. Boy, always err on the side of grace. Always err on the side of mercy. You know, uh, I, I think I try to have, have it. I, you know, I probably put up. I'll be honest with you, Sometimes I feel like I put up with more stuff than I should sometimes. Right. But I'm aware of that. You know, I'm, I'm aware of that because you know i want to try to give people as much leeway and, and uh, be gracious that of course I'm not going against the word of god but you know what i'm saying in dealing with people in dealing with people and it says of good fruits good fruits acts 10:38 says this about jesus i'll try to hurry up now god how god had anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were pressed of the devil, for God was with him. Look, he went about doing good. See, a lot of times as a Christian, what do we focus on? Being good. A lot of preaching, boy, especially when I first got saved, it's always about being good. Hey, I believe in being good, but the best way to be good is to go about doing good, like the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, try to finish up, it says, and without partiality. People that are guided by good wisdom listen, are willing to yield and be reasonable in dealing with people, right? We know about partiality, not having respect for persons. We talked about that, putting one above the other. But I also want to say this, right? Uh, uh, when, when, when dealing with people or making decisions, uh, right? again, being gracious, the people that are without partiality are guided by good wisdom. They're willing to yield and be reasonable. But let me say this, though they try to be gracious, they're willing to yield also know this, they're not willing to waver. <laughs> so there's a difference there. You know, as a, as a Christian, I want to be in a, in a sometimes I'm going to be willing to yield, if you will, in a situation. If I, have to, if I have to give somebody their way, so to speak, or if I have to put off doing something maybe I like to do, right? I always want to be willing to yield and be gracious if I can. But when it comes, but if I have to take a biblical stand, I'm not willing to waver. So I always want to have a spirit that's willing to yield, but I also want to have a spirit that's not willing to waver when it comes to principle. So understand the difference. Though they may yield and show grace in a situation, they won't waver and compromise a truth. So that's what we want to be careful of, even though we want to be gracious with people. And it goes on and finishes up here and says without hypocrisy, without Hypocrisy, uh, the Bible says here. But the wisdom that is from above is without hypocrisy. There is to be no pretense. What you see is what we are. Be who you are, where you are. You're not trying to be. Hey, um, sometimes I, I, I go places and they do things a little bit different. But you know what? I try to be who I am, where ever I am. And as long as people understand that, and I understand that they're going to be, you know, uh, be gracious. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace that make peace. As we finish up here, verse 18, we are thinking all the time about the fruit of our lives. We reap what we sow. Let me quickly, as we finish up, give you several verse, some verses about how good the right wisdom is. Proverbs 8, 1 says this, "Doth not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice? Proverbs 8, 11 says, For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. The importance of wisdom. Proverbs 9, 1 says this about wisdom. Wisdom hath built her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. Proverbs 9, 11, For by me, by wisdom, thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. You see, the Christian life is just that, a life. <laughs> the Christian life is is just that, a life, a life, a Christian life that is meant for a lifetime. Life is not just about how many days we live, but how many wise decisions we make during those days, during our lifetime. Many people live a long life, but it's a wasted life because they don't make wise decisions and they ruin and miss the opportunities They could have had just having knowledge is not enough. First Corinthians 8.1 says what? Knowledge puffeth up. Knowledge puffeth up. I like this saying, understanding the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is the cutter of wood. I like this. Knowledge is the cutter of wood, but wisdom is the architect and builder. (laughs) So think about that. Knowledge is the cutter of wood. Right. It puts the pile of stuff there. Right. But wisdom is the architect and builder that knowing how to put that together and use it wisely. When the Holy Spirit guides us. Right. He uses our minds and he expects us to get the facts and weigh the issues in light of the word of God. Right. Lie not against the truth. Do it in light of the word of God. Through this, we discern the wisdom we are using or facing, whether it is from above or below. You see, wisdom, the results it produces will show what its source is. Amen. Whether it was from above, whether it descended or ascended. When churches look to the world for ideas about the Lord's work, you can tell where their wisdom is coming from. Right. We shouldn't have to look to the world for the wisdom. Second Timothy 315 says this. And that from a child thou has known the holy scriptures, what? Which are able to make the wise. Now, in this context here, It says unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. But also the Holy Scriptures are able to make thee wise, amen, in different areas of life that you face. So as we finish up here, God wants us to pursue and have this wisdom. And it's worth paying the price for. But the good thing is you don't have to pay a price for it, amen. The price is already paid. It's free. So if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth liberally. Man, he, there's plenty out there, and abradeth not. means he won't get on to you, amen? <laughs> if you're approaching for it, he's glad uh, to give it to you. So let us understand the different sources of wisdom, and may we seek God, the proper source of wisdom, right? So that we the, these things that it mentioned about pureness and gentleness and easy to be entreated and uh, full of mercy and all these things can show forth in our life. Let's pray.